Hey guys, Patrick Kulbeck from Giant Bomb here to introduce a new podcast feature for the site, Giant Bomb's Interview Dump Truck. Interview Dump Truck was the dumb name I made up when the new site was in beta. We all agreed it was dumb enough to stick around. Anyway, the concept behind Interview Dump Truck is purposely vague. For the most part, you're going to see raw interviews conducted to produce the news and features you find on the site every week. We also might toss some other material here if it makes sense. We're keeping it pretty open-ended. To kick it off, here's my interview with DreamQuest Games founder, Christopher Williamson. We chatted back in December 2012 about a second failed Kickstarter for a mule-like game called Alpha Colony. Williamson was somewhat happy he failed to raise $50,000 to start work on Alpha Colony, as he admitted it wasn't enough money to produce the game we've been promising. Given my recent feature on Skullgirls and the shocked response from some players about asking for $150,000 to produce a new character, you seemed like an appropriate time to highlight a moment when a developer didn't ask for what it actually needed on Kickstarter and what might have happened as a result. One important note, most of my interviews aren't conducted in our podcast studio. They happen over Skype, phones, and on conference calls. Consequently, the audio quality is a little all over the place. I'm hoping to be more mindful of that in the future, but sometimes there just aren't many good options. In any case, enjoy the interview. Can you hear me, Chris? I can. Can you hear me? I can. Well, I appreciate you taking a couple of minutes out of your time. I I understand. I would not be surprised if you are swamped with things um, as a result of how, how things have played out the last last couple of days. Yeah, I've, I've got, you know, <laughs> yes, but you seem, I, I know you had a tight schedule and I figured I could, you know, talk to you for a few minutes. So how, how are you handling all this? Like, how does it how does it feel to be getting all this sort of like attention and people just kind of going, oh, man. Uh, to be to be so close, given given what you guys went through with the the first Kickstarter and then moving over to the second project. Well, I mean, it's a little frustrating. I, you know, it, it's I it I, it's quite ironic to get a Kotaku article, you know, <laughs> like now, you know, and I'm kind of like, well, it would have been really helpful to get that article, you know, like a week or two ago. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, it's like the publicity is, is appreciated, but really uh, too late to be of any uh, real use. So, so yeah, so a little, little bummed about that. Um, is it hard not to feel bitter about the, the way Kickstarter's policies are structured? Or, or do you feel like, you know, what the way it played out was fair given, given the rules? Uh, yeah, I don't, you know, it, it does, I, I wouldn't say it's unfair. I, I don't feel like it's unfair. It, it does seem like, you know, given how much, I mean, a lot of the posts from people sort of implied that, like, you know, it was just sitting there at $28 for, you know, hours, and we just, you know, didn't do anything about it. And, you know, and the fact was that, you know, there was tons of activity in that final 24 hours, because we did have several other Kickstarters that gave us some pretty big promotions on Friday night and Saturday morning. You know, I know the Shadowgate guys gave us a shout out and, and a couple other, uh, I think at least one other major Kickstarter. Uh, I know Brian Fargo, I think, you know, posted uh, about us too. So, um, you know, so we got some great sort of last minute activity, but the problem is that the last minute activity didn't, you know, so there was tons of people changing their pledges, you know, adding and subtracting and stuff. And, you know, we just got kind of unlucky. Um, so, you know, it does seem like Kickstarter probably would be better. I'm pretty sure, I believe eBay changed their policies to prevent sniping, um, a while back so that like every time you, you bid, it added a couple seconds to the, the, the time. 
you know, and something like that, I think would be, would probably be a, you know, would seem to me to be a good, it would, I believe it would have prevented this particular problem. And I think it would have also, because we had, I had several people that emailed me telling me they were trying to pledge in the final minutes and, you know, they had problems on Amazon or, you know, verification or, you know, it took longer than they expected or whatever. And, um, you know, so it seems like, you know, perhaps maybe putting a little bit of flexibility into that would have been better. But when I, when I mentioned on Twitter, uh, one of the ideas that kind of came together that seemed fairly reasonable is that, I mean, if you're going to come up with a policy that addresses, you know, a situation like this are going to be pretty rare. But in the cases that it does, it seems like, you know, if there was some sort of overtime rule where, like, let's say you came within 1% of your funding goal, you get an extra half an hour to try and cover the differential of people trying to submit things or like, you know, getting error message, things that happen when there is a rush, which Kickstarter is designed around a rush at the moment from the beginning, the beginning and at the end and structurally sites aren't necessarily always capable to deal with that. So it seems like if there was some sort of, you know, you've got to have a hard and fast rule so that it's not, you know, Kickstarter saying, well, we like this project, so we're going to let this one slide. But if it was something as easy as, if you are within the 1% margin, then you get an extra 30 minutes simply to try and sort through the, the normal kind of stuff that happens when, when a website gets inundated with, with traffic at the last second. Sure. You know, and that seems very reasonable to me. But, you know, I understand their policies are what they are. Um, you know, and I'm not, you know, like I said, I don't really blame them for that. They're doing their job. We're doing ours. I mean, I did have a sort of slight thought. It does seem kind of odd to me that, you know, Kickstarter only makes money if 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 the, the if the Kickstarter goes through, right? <laughs> so they're losing money by not having you get access to the money that you raised, even if you didn't get the exact number you were looking for. Exactly. Like so, it, like would have been. It seems like it would have been more in their interest for them to just pledge the twenty dollars. <laughs> you know. Uh, you know, or, 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 you know, or, yeah. And, and I realized that they probably can't do that because that would probably show, you know, favoritism or something. And, you know, that, that probably sounds good in theory, but in practice probably wouldn't work very well. And I, I get that, but um, it is kind of a shame for everybody involved because, you know, the, the, the people that pledged feel like they kind of got, you know, God, we were so close and we fell, you know, just a couple dollars short and like we got right, you know, screwed. And obviously the developer, you know, we put all our heart and soul into that and, you know, and, and everything. And, you know, we're not going to get anything out of it. And um, so, you know, it, it does seem like kind of a waste. Have, have you had any communication with Kickstarter? I have not. Um, do, do you intend to reach out and all or are you, are you just sort of taking this as this is what happened and, you know, after trying one time, changing the philosophy, trying it a second time, and not working out, just like it is what it is, and and it's time to move on. Yeah, I mean that's. Uh, I think yes, you know, I kind of feel like it is what it is, and it's time to move on. You know, um, I'll be honest. You know, I had some doubts. You know, with the first Kickstarter we did was for one hundred five thousand, mm-hmm. um, and the second Kickstarter we did was for. Um, you know, for 50,000, but that was like what I thought the minimum we could get would be after the previous 105. And so I just figured, you know, Hey, this would be a way to, you know, we had stretch goals all the way up to 300. So really to build the game that I wanted to build, I knew was going to, you know, cost us, you know, a hundred thousand or 50,000. You know, we came up with some last minute matches and some other ways to sort of work around that. But 
I was legitimately concerned that I would end up, you know, A, having to like drastically cut my game and make it a lot less of a game than I, you know, had envisioned it being to try and get it in budget, you know, or lose even more money on it. Well, that wasn't an or, that's an and, I guess, you know, it was pretty much guaranteed I wasn't going to make any money on it. And, you know, so in some ways, you know, it is a little bit of a, of a, a blessing in disguise, perhaps, because, um, you know, really to do the game right, we really needed to raise more, you know, funds. And, you know, it just goes to show how really important marketing and, and promotion really is. Because I think we did, we did a better, even though I didn't have a very good marketing person on either of the two Kickstarters, we did better the first time around than we did the second. Um, most of the money that came in was a lot of VIP friends and people that knew me. It was word of mouth kind of thing. So, because I know our pledge, our average pledge was quite high, um, and a lot of that was because I knew, I knew a lot of people. It's it's interesting that all the sort of like the background machinations and the psychology that goes into choosing that, you know, that funding number. Um, that's that's something. What you just said is something I've heard consistently across other uh, creators, where you ask for basically half of what you need because you have to take into account. The idea of the Kickstarter is a thing where people want to bet on winners or, or yep. underdogs. So if you have a bad funding day the first day out and you've asked for a significant amount of money, you're going to have a hard time getting there because people don't want to invest money in, in a losing gambit. Even if they're not going to, you know, if it doesn't raise the funds, they're not going to uh, lose any money in the endeavor. People like being part of like a winner, like a, a thing that yep. they get excited about. And so that is the really difficult prospect is when. You know, for like as you said, had you say reached it and gotten like fifty thousand and five dollars and barely made it, you didn't. You were planning for more than that, given that usually if you cross the barrier, you end up crossing it significantly. It seems to be the trend with at least most of them. So you you kind of felt you kind of fell in this really weird uh, like yep. test case that is not. It either fails terribly or succeeds amazingly, and then you got to this spot where. You might have actually been kind of screwed over had you had you gotten a couple dollars over your funding amount. Yeah, and that was my concern. I mean, I don't know that we would have gotten screwed over per se, or but, at least it dr uh, drastically changed what you guys hoped to do as opposed to the reality. Correct. You know, and also, I mean, we're actually in a situation where I have been delaying several money making opportunities with my own company. I mean, we develop a bunch of card and board games for iOS and Android. And, you know, we're missing out on the Christmas season right now, <laughs> you know, trying to get this Kickstarter done. And, um, you know, again, I'm not sure that's the best. You still there? Sorry, I had somebody. Um, yes, I am. Sorry. Okay. I no, I, I, so, so no yeah, problem. so, you know, in, I'm kind of happy because, you know, we're moving forward with our other stuff. So, you know. It's live and learn. I, you know, I've had actually a couple individually people privately talk to me that really want to see this happen. So, you know, I, you know, I think there's a good chance that, you know, something even better will come out of this. So, you know, I mean, come on, how can I, how can we be $28 short? I mean, like, that doesn't just happen <laughs> by chance. I mean, people seem to like, again, you know, I know people were posting like, you know, it wasn't like we were just sort of like, you know, all high and partying or something. You know, it's like, you know, that, we were yeah, there in the yeah. final moments of the Kickstarter watching everything happen, you know, and play out live. So, you know, um, 
what, what you was, know, and what we did was, have, I had a friend of mine that was here that did put a last minute pledge in on our behalf to help us push over. And the problem is that we just had too many people changing their, their bids. And that might be one other thing that could be worth considering is, is perhaps freezing the bids in, in you know, the final moments of the Kickstarter, because we definitely got screwed by quite a few people that either raised, lowered, or added. I mean, I guess raised shouldn't be really preventive. Why would you want to do that, I guess? But mm-hmm. um, Oh, so you guys had a case where you sort of calculated, okay, if or a friend of yours, if I put this in, this will put us over the edge. But then exactly. at the last second, too many people uh, changed their pledges lower, and it wasn't enough to cover the differential. Exactly. Huh. Yep. So that's it, the, it, Kickstarter is, it, you know, it's tragic what, what happened to you, but such an interesting psychological experiment because what would I just, I don't understand what would drive someone at the last second to be like, eh, I'm going to change it from 20 to, to 10 or, you know, what, whatever um, sort of drove that person or series of people to, to change um, backwards to regress at the last second. For sure. What, um, how were you, like, you know, you said you were, you know, sitting around watching as, you know, the, the last couple of minutes were playing out. What was it like when it got to the end? Because I have to imagine it must have you must have felt like, hey, we're going to get it. Or did you did you have a sense that you were going to come up just short as, you know, like the, the last couple of minutes were, were ticking down? I mean, I don't know that I had a sense either way. You know, I definitely had, you know, some concerns about, you know, where we were at and what we were doing. But it, it did feel... I don't know. Uh, <laughs> it, it honestly, it all just happened so fast. There wasn't really a whole lot of time to think because um, we were pretty far. Away. I mean, we were still like a couple grand away. About I don't know, you know, two or th- like three or four hours, five or six hours out. Right. You know, earlier in earlier in the day, we were a couple grand, and I was like, well, I was hoping we would get a couple more VIP, you know, pledges because we, you know, we discounted some of our VIP packages pretty heavily, and I hoped we'd have more people kind of, you know, kick into those. And um, you know, I guess we did have uh, a bunch of people did kind of last minute, you know, kick into those. And um, so, uh, you know, <laughs> it was quite the roller coaster ride. So, um, having you know, I saw that you published like a. Uh somewhat sarcastic uh after the first kickstarter you know 20 things to do or not to do with your your kickstarter having done the second one you know clearly we've kind of outlined a couple of things that maybe could have changed on kickstarters and to address these weird edge cases that would benefit the creators and and maybe kickstarter as as a as as an ideal what is your big takeaway having done this twice and really Seen, seen two different edge cases uh, play out, one where you didn't get the funding or at least abandoned it so you could reformat uh, mm-hmm. how to approach it. What, what, is, what is your big takeaway? Like, it seems like you've, you know, as, as much as this hurts um, getting so close, it seems like you've learned an awful hell of a lot about a very important part of what's going to fund game development in the next five to ten years. For sure. You know, um, you know there's, there's a lot of takeaways. Um, you know, I, the press is really key, and um, you know we did fairly well getting some press early on the first Kickstarter, uh, largely because of the, the Mule license, and and um, you know we had kind of lined up uh, some some pretty significant press folks that first time, and I think that really did help us. Um, you know, I think where, uh, you know, where we really failed, and I think a lot of other Kickstarters honestly fail too, is in, is in the area of the marketing. You know, we, we 
we just, you know, we fell short there. Um, and, uh, you know, a lot of the other kids, I mean, you saw, or at least a lot of the posts I saw, you know, were just, you know, between the trolls that were telling us, why did we just put $28 in? Uh, <laughs> you know, there's like probably 50 of them, you know, and once I get past those, um, you know, the, the, the sort of next biggest complaint was like, wow, I just heard about this like now. And if I'd only known and da, 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 you know, and I don't, and I don't know what the answer is to that. You know, it's like figuring out how, you know, how do you get the word out, but definitely, you know, building the buzz and trying to reach out to people as something um, you know, definitely in the second Kickstarter, we made kind of a critical mistake, I think, uh, which nobody talked about, which I think is pretty interesting, actually, which is I think we actually spec'd out too much of what our game was the second time around. I mean, the first time around, we were, you know, we, you know, we gave some ideas about how we envisioned the game and sort of the direction we thought it might go and, you know, some of sort of our ideals of, of you know, what we might do with it and, and, and um but things were still like, you know, it's kind of like when you go to see one of those scary movies, right? Mm -hmm. You know, and like when you see the alien, it's not so scary. It's much better when you can't see the alien because then you insert your own, you know, fears and prejudices and experiences and all of that into it. So if you're scared of a spider, you know, you'll imagine the alien being more spider-like or whatever, right? Sure. You know, and people can, and I think people do the same thing with Kickstarters, right? They sort of subject their own wow, it'd be really great if it was, you know, really cartoony or they really like, I love the family part of it, or I love the, the you know, the, 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 the reference to mule, or I love the civilization, or I love the, I love that they've added the trading thing or, you know, whatever, you know, there's some particular thing about it they really like, and they sort of, you know, can fill in some of the gaps with their own desires and, and passions and what have you. And I think in the second Kickstarter, we, we spelled it out perhaps too much about exactly what we were going to do and how it was going to work. And some people liked it, and some people didn't. Um, I, I think I think that definitely plays into you know a lot of you know this sort of vague term of momentum and how how you stagger surprising people um, and how you stagger um, things you you planned out. Like it's there's so much that we don't know um, about what makes a Kickstarter work or why one takes off when it does, when one of them takes off and the randomly in the middle for some, some reason that is, you know, you can't really pin on. I think it's, I think you're right that you, you know, it's, it's tough because you can, you can see the advantage in over explaining uh, so that people have this understanding of this is exactly what you're putting your money into. Um, but I think for some people there is the fun of, Oh, and then there's this, and then there's this, you know, as, as, it sounds like the creators are scrambling to come up with new ways to surprise people. Um, there's not a there's not a real science to it, which I think is probably the most frustrating part about all of it. Is that you can have a million takeaways and none of them will apply to the next one necessarily. <laughs> yeah, well, and and you know, I know, like for the second one, for example, we were all excited that we had developed this like mini game prototype thing, and we were like, wow, this is you know this is great. We're going to be able to show what the game's going to be like, and people will be able to sort of you know. Uh, play with it a little bit and kind of get our vision more and you know what a lot of people really weren't that interested in the minigame prototype you know and in fact in many ways it was confusing because they were like well is the game going to be like this this is this is kind of you know simple and lame and what have you um because they couldn't really sort of differentiate you know what was you know what the final game was and 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 what you know what our prototype was mm -hmm. and i think that was something that uh it doesn't seem obvious, but definitely hurt us. 
Well, I, I think there's there's definitely uh, Kickstarter is this sort of like dreamlike playground for people that want to invest in things that are uh, not necessarily traditional for the marketplace. And I think also people, and maybe this is partially the failure on on my side, the people that do my job is giving people enough of a look at what game development is really like. And I think when people on Kickstarter see the real guts of how games are made and how weird and bad and broken they are for a long, long time, I think we're going through this like growing pain period where people need to like come to accept it. Like this is just how this games suck for a long time. Or when you play a prototype, you need to know what you play it in context. What is this trying to show me about the larger vision? Not this is what the game is. Like even talking to my friends uh, over at double fine, you know, for as open as they have been about their whole process, you know, they've, especially early on, got very similar reactions where they would, you know, put up the first piece of artwork and everyone's like, this is dog shit. And it's like, whoa, get a, this is the first piece of art of, like, <laughs> exactly. this, you know, and, and, and then people kind of started to come around to it. But I think there is this huge gap of what people think game development is and what it actually is. And I think Kickstarter is a healthy way to start exploring a way to bridge that gap. But I, th- I think that plays out in different ways, and I think it definitely played out in, in you know, what you're telling me about the response to the prototype, the response to laying out essentially you know, a simplified design document of, of what you guys are going after. When, you, when it becomes that cold of like, hey, here's the guts of the game, you know, I think maybe, that, maybe for, it's for some people that takes away some of the fun of it, that it's just a thing that gets happened and made in a factory. You know, like yep. I, it's, I, I, think, I think there's something to that. I'm not... That's not a fully formed idea, but I, I think there's something to that where Kickstarter uh, helps people understand more what game development actually is. But maybe it, you know, when it when it changes their expectations, maybe they don't like what they see as much. Well, and I mean, let's I mean, Kickstarter, at least for me, a lot of the reason why I funded a bunch of the Kickstarters I funded is because I'm I'm funding somebody's dream. Right. You know, right. it's like people like there is an aspect of that i mean yes there are people that want the rewards and that really want to you know have personal vesting and seeing whatever it is come come to light but for most people you know a big part of it is you're funding somebody's dream it's like you really want to see this vision happen and um you know you want to help help this person you know reach a goal perhaps because you didn't or because you know um and so when you kind of lay it all out on the line and you show everything you know, you are letting go of a lot of that dream. Um, so, so yeah, so that was definitely a big, big takeaway for us. All right. Well, Christopher, I appreciate you taking some time to chat with me. Uh, I know you're sure. busy winding things down from the Kickstarter and you've got other people, uh, bargaining to talk to you, but I, I really do appreciate you taking some time to chat with me and I'm, I don't, I, it sounds like, you know, hopefully you'll, you'll get another way to, to make this work out. Maybe it'll actually be, you know, better in the end for having gone through these two different trials to, to find a way to make it work. But uh, it, is, it is too bad. But I think your, your story about how this played out is ultimately going to be good in the long run for the good of Kickstarter and, and that thing. So I, I think there will be good things that come out of this as much as it must <laughs> kind of burn to have it play out the way that it did. I, I cannot even imagine. It, it does, yeah. You know, and, I, and there has our, you know, like I said, I've already had some people that are interested, you know, in, uh, you know, exploring other avenues for making this game happen. So if nothing else, I look at that as the blessing of, of, the, of the press from this is that, you know, there is 
you know, the word is getting out about that. And some people are like, yeah, this is kind of unfair. And, you know, wow, this is a kind of a neat idea. I really would like to, you know, to make it happen. So, you know, we'll see where that all goes. But All right. Well, good luck with everything in the future. Um, I'll send a link uh, when I've got okay. my, my story together. Uh, and uh, otherwise, uh, thanks for your time. All right. Thanks, Patrick. Good luck. Take care. Bye-bye. Right,